What is going on, everybody? We are back. It is the Dynasty Gambit. It is Thursday night. No football tonight, and that's okay. That is okay. We are live. First and foremost, let's welcome back our good friend, Kyle. He's back on the Gambit for the first time in a while. He's graced his, he's, he hasn't graced, our, uh, his, uh, graced us with his presence in a while. Kyle, how are you doing this evening? Uh, great. It's been, yeah, probably about three, four months. I think late September was probably the last time I was on. So happy to be back on the gambit. I'm always going, <laughs> leaving and going. It's always a big risk every time, but that's the gambit, right? So, uh, yeah. It, that is the gambit. That is the gambit. And as always, our, our, our co-host, Brian, how are we doing this evening? Doing great, guys. Just glad to spend an hour with y'all and forget about everything else that's going on right now. So. Oh, I, I, I so know the feeling. My gators are, are not uh, not looking so hot as we were talking about pre pre show. It is uh, it's it's looking a little rough down there in Gainesville. <laughs> but uh, let's look at you know the last uh, last couple of weeks. We you know we took off last week, um, and now now we've got Kyle back with us. I uh, just wanted to do a real quick re- recap of what's gone on uh, or what's happened over the last two weeks. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, Lovey Smith were added to the uh, fired coaches, um, along with the three we had during the season. Um, we had a few OCs, uh, Todd Downing, Scott Turner get fired, right? You know, that Black Monday area. But today we got Byron Leftwich and uh, Greg Roman. Uh, Byron Leftwich, of course, of Tampa, which they think they've cleared out most of their offensive coaching staff uh, at this point. Um, and then Greg Roman out there in Baltimore. Um, any... Do, do these firings um, do anything for you personally with your dynasty teams? Um, what are you looking to grab? Um, you know, uh, with with I guess in the Greg Roman being the offensive coordinator, there Todd uh, Todd Downing, Scott Turner, and Byron Left, which more importantly, when it comes to to fantasy and dynasty, are, are going to be the more important firings. Uh, let's start with you, Kyle. Any 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 of that concern you? You're looking forward to, you know, any, any, uh, any additions anywhere? I mean, I suppose the truth is I, I find it so hard until we know who's hired. I think that's the, that's the true mark of where the the fantasy landscape is altered. I think for a lot of these, some of these OCs, we kind of almost saw that coming. Uh, and I guess it's difficult because for all those teams, the, it's not an offensive minded head coach. So whoever is the OC really does get full control of the offense, their system, they get to choose how to implement it. So uh, I guess all whoever gets full control. I mean, I, yeah, I guess we'll have to judge to see because uh, uh, I know with Baltimore, like Roman leaving, I think that the fear is okay. You know, so heavy, so so much running, mm-hmm. but really, it seems like that's more the GM. Like they're not investing enough in the wide receiver position, and Roman's almost well. I'm not going to be pass heavy if these are my receivers. My most talented players are my running backs. So let's run more. Uh, so I think that's for Baltimore. The fear really is: are, are, is the GM going to invest in receivers? I guess we don't even know what they're doing at quarterback. That, that's the that's the big gambit of it all. That's why I kind of went back to the classic uh, Lamar Jackson dynasty gambit uh, image. I thought it was uh, appropriate for this uh, current time when both he and the Ravens are playing a big gambit right now and just uh, got eliminated. Not to spoil anything for anyone who didn't know, but sorry, no, Brian, but, I'm rambling. I'm, the, not, the, I'm just you, getting used to being back, I guess. The other thing that came out today, and we'll get back to this in just a sec, Brian, but, but since Kyle brought this up, the other thing that came out today was, was the GM and Harbaugh both said, that Lamar Jackson is going to be our quarterback. 
We are looking forward to sitting down. They had already spent a couple hours with him today. It sounded like um, they were looking forward to sit, sitting down and and actually hashing this uh, contract negotiation out. So that's that was that was quite interesting news that came out earlier today as well. Uh, Brian, what do you think about any of these uh, firings over the last week and a half to today? I guess to me, I was I, I was a little bit disappointed with letting Byron Leftwich go. I, he's been a pretty game, and I, I think he's probably the most talented one that got let go personally. Um, but it kind of starts the Tom the Tom Brady carousel and where that's going to wind up. Uh, that's probably as much as we may may or may not want to hear it. That's all we're going to hear between now and probably July. So, right. Right. And then I guess since I know you are a, a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, are you okay with, are you disappointed that you still have Matt Canada? I, I, I'm on the fence. I mean, I think for me, I'd like to give him one, you know, pick it'll be in his second year. So last year he had the aging Big Ben. This year he had, I mean, Looking back on it, hindsight being 2020, I just wish they would have started picking a game or two earlier because mm-hmm. uh, he did he did okay. And going into next year, Pickett will be in his second year, so I expect further improvement. So give Canada one more year and see, see with maybe a little bit more experienced quarterback if he does well or not. And then at that point in time, if not, move on. Yeah, were, and, and, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead. Well, just to add on to what Brian was saying, they were a half game away from the playoffs. Right? Mm-hmm. They, they were a tiebreaker tie away, really, from making it into the playoffs. So, it, maybe your point. Maybe they should have started picking a game earlier because it seemed like he was getting better. So, give him that one more week of track to improve. Maybe they get that that extra win. Yeah, if if they don't if they don't end up in a tied game, they're in, right? Then they then they have a tie this year. So if they win that game instead of it ending in a tie. I mean, if, well, any, I mean, if any of their losses turned into ties, that would have got them in. Okay, but, that's fair. But what I will say is they had a couple of games looking back on it against the Jets, against the Dolphins. They were both winnable games. I mean, mm. teams that they wound up right there at the very end. And there was one other team they were right there with at the very end, too, that they could have just as easily beat. So as a Steelers fan, I talked to a couple other Steelers fans after the year was over. I mean, we didn't expect more than six wins, to be honest with you. So, I'm not disappointed with the season. Right. And, and to to Mike's question right here, or Mike's statement right here, he's not really surprised on Roman Lombardi needed to go if they were going if they weren't going to let go of Staley uh, in the entire staff. I honestly think Lombardi was the fall guy here because I think Staley was on the way out um, with the quick hire uh, of 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 Sean Payton. If if that would have happened, because that was where he's always been rumored to be wanting to go. So I think, I think Staley walked into the owner's office and was like, look, I'll let this guy go. If you just keep me for one more year, uh, something along those lines. I thought it was odd that they started on the offensive side first. And I thought, is that all they're going to do? And then yesterday or today, they got rid of a defensive guy. So, right. Right. Well, real quick, we'll get into um, last week's games and see what y'all thought of last week's game. We had um, San Francisco, uh, you know, I thought the game at least appeared, uh, looked closer than the score, uh, takes down Seattle. Jacksonville with the unbelievable comeback. Uh, Buffalo, Miami. Buffalo, of course, winning the game, but that game was was way closer than I think anybody thought it was going to be. 
Wasn't it uh, the highest uh, uh, spread in, in wild card history? They were like at 13 and a half point favorites. Buffalo? Yeah. Was yeah, okay. I, I, I must I, I probably did see it. They just missed I missed it because I mean just the game itself was apparently Buffalo did too. They didn't know they, were, they, <laughs> they could they, they could win by more than three. Wait, and then I guess you there, there you go. The 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 quarterbacks turning the ball over in the playoffs has been so detrimental to to some of these teams. It's the one thing you can't do is a you know, turnovers in football are bad enough, but when it goes when you go into the playoffs and you start turning the ball over, it almost is like two turnovers. Uh, you know, that's how it almost comes out. Then you had the the big upset of uh, which I, we it's an upset because you know the Giants were the th- uh, six seed and Minnesota being the three seed. But I mean, in all actuality, I think we all thought Minnesota was was paper champions or you know frauds or, or whatnot. Uh, Baltimore, uh, Cincinnati. Great game. Um, if it wasn't for an NFL record-setting 98-yard fumble return, you know, we could be talking about Baltimore right now and not Cincinnati, <laughs> you know. Uh, and then, of course, the, the the absolute stinker of all stinkers, uh, Dallas goes into Tampa and just shows off, uh, shows how good that offense can be if they don't turn the ball over. Uh, I mean, because T- Tampa's defense is is a top rush defense. No, they didn't rush the ball all over the place, but they did what they had to do is what they, you know, for for, for the win. And uh, Dak Prescott looked pretty damn good, for, in my opinion. So we'll start with we'll start with Brian this time. Anything uh, um, out of either one of these or out of any of these games that you take away from Super Wildcard Weekend? Well, yeah, couple, uh, going into the year, and especially last year, we talked about how bad the NFC East was. And now in the divisional round, we've got three out of the four teams from the NFC being from the East. So, I, you know, I, I didn't necessarily buy into it all year long that they would be there at, be there at this point in time. I, I'm still not a huge believer in the Giants. And we'll see against the Eagles. So, I mean, you know they showed out this week more than I more than even I thought they could, and then kind of to reiterate what you were saying: turnovers, not not only just the turnovers, but a lot a lot of them led directly to touchdowns. That's uh, you know that made the Buffalo game close, and it completely changed the outcome of of the Ravens game. So that's kind of a couple of takes that I had, Kyle. Well, I guess I, my first take is kind of a, a question. We were, we were just talking about the Chargers, and, and you kind of hinted at it a little bit, Brian, just talking about the surprise of, um, you, you know, the defense first, or like, uh, you know, the offensive coordinators fired first, and then a day later, the defensive coordinator got fired. But who do you blame? Like, I think, and I think you can't just say it's it's all one or the other, but offense or defense for the Chargers, I know where I lie on where I think I put more blame, but I'm curious to get your guys' takes on that. I think, I think they both deserve a fair share of of the responsibility, but I mean, theoretically you have to score four touchdowns and a half. So I'm, I'm having played defense most of my life. I'm going to the defensive side first. I'm afraid they got a little conservative, I guess, on the offensive side, but I mean, how in the heck do you get, do you get four touchdowns up and a half? So. Yeah. I, I mean, I go back to, you know, last year, um, when you look at all you had to do basically was win an in against the Raiders and they hmm. didn't do that either. Right. So they pull the Packers. Yeah. And so to me, 
you know, okay, they got in this year. But that's not, a, for me, that when, you should have got in last year. You know, you should have been a better team this year. So I think truly and honestly, it falls back to Staley. I think it's got to fall on Staley because this is now the second year in a row that this almost identical thing has happened. No, you weren't up by 27 against the Raiders, but you were on the road with a chance to go move on and get into the playoffs. Again, this year you're on the road. Now you're up by 27. So the offense wasn't the problem in the playoff game. And then the defense in the second half lets it go. Um, I also think, though, too, when you look at that, it tells you how good of a coach and a a in game uh, uh, tra- uh, transitioning uh, coach that Peterson is. Yeah, no panic in his play calling. Mm-hmm. Like it's, and I think you know the mental side of the, the moment's not too big for him, and he prepares his players well during the week. But like you said, he also does make good adjustments in game. I'll be honest, I do kind of lay more blame on the offense. You said they scored 27 points, Gator, but they rarely had to move the football. The defense gave them four interceptions, and, I mean, they capitalized. So the offense did what it was supposed to in terms of capitalizing, but I think the defense is almost more, at least as worthy of getting those points. So to me, I actually blame the offense more because the defense blew the lead, but they also significantly helped get that lead in the first place. If the Chargers get, and I know they missed, uh, Dicker missed a field goal, I believe. Right. Uh, So, I mean, doesn't miss that field goal they probably win or at least it makes it the play calling for the jags at the, on that last drive a little different uh maybe the defense bad enough they lose anyway but to me if the offense just can get two drives going even one drive that lasts like five minutes mm-hmm. in the second half uh it was just three and out three and out when they really needed because the defense played a ton of that game the the short fields for the offense the defense really needed the offense to sustain drives in the second half and i don't really think they moved the football well at all even when they were scoring because there was just easy to get in scoring position. You could, you could, you know, one of them was an, an Austin Eckler run. You're not going to be able to get that run opportunity from your own 20. You can get it inside the opponent's 20. So I, I still lay more blame on the offense, which is why I think I can justify Staley being there, but it's funny. Cause I thought that narrative last year too. I, bl- I thought the the one thing is his decision to go for it on fourth down last year. That was the, the big one. Everyone was talking about from their own side of half. I thought that, and it's funny because the Packers just did that this year too. And in both instances, the play call itself, the offensive play selected was completely awful. You've got Austin Eckler, whose best skill set, and this I'm going back last year, is catching the football. And yet they chose to, I mean, this year's Raiders run defense was awful, especially the short yardage. But last year they were one of the best. So on fourth and one, against the Raiders, the best option isn't to run in the middle. With Austin Eckler, it's not the best option to run in the middle. You want to pass him the ball in space. And yet even though it was not like in no way, the ideal scenario, they just ran him right up the middle. And guess what? This great D line stopped him for, I think a tackle for loss even wasn't even close. So to me last year, I I blamed it as bad as it was to be aggressive to go for it. I thought the play call itself was worse. Same thing with the Packers this year going forward on fourth and three, I think from their own, it was like 40 yard line for whoever it was. And they run an end around with Alan Lazard, who's one of the worst run after catch receivers I've ever seen. Certainly probably the worst run after catch receiver on the Packers. It's not like it's, it's a bad play call for that player. So in both those instances, as much as the coach, the head coach being aggressive to go for it, if the offensive coordinator, well, I guess in Packers case, it's the same guy, but uh, for Joe Lombardi specifically, if he calls a better play there, maybe they make the playoffs last year. So I kind of, I, I get the Lombardi firing and not Staley. May, I wouldn't have totally been surprised either if they had gotten rid of Staley, but uh, right. I think, uh, yeah, get a, get a better offensive mind in there. Maybe Brian Leftwich. <laughs> I don't know. 
it, it, and somebody posted on Twitter earlier, left which should be the higher for Baltimore, which I, I don't I don't hate either for Lamar Jackson. I think but, Leftwich could probably be a higher for any of these teams that just fired their OC or any team that that hasn't yet needs an upgrade. Right, right. You have a you have another uh, uh, thought on the on the Dolphins over here, uh, Kyle. And it's funny because I think the 49ers might approach the same situation. Uh, Thompson played pretty well. I don't think any of us expected Skylar Thompson to do so well. I almost think he, that guarantees Teddy Bridgewater is not coming back because they don't have to pay a quarterback. If they go in next year with Tua and Thompson, both still on rookie contracts, that's almost an ideal situation. Same okay. thing with the 49ers. They go in with Lance and Purdy. You don't have to, you're barely paying anything for your quarterbacks. You can spend and maximize funds everywhere else. Okay, but this offseason, Miami has to make a decision on whether they're going to pick up – is it this – I think it's this offseason they have to make the decision on whether they're going to pick up Tua's fifth year, right? I suppose – most of the time I say it's not even worth it. Like, if, if you think the quarterback is the guy, just extend him. That'll be cheaper in the long run anyway. But right. I guess with Tua's concussion injury, maybe you you want that one extra year before you have to commit. So they – I mean, I think if that's your idea, it's, that's I think it's a no-brainer to pick it up. Right. I mean, he, he seems to be good enough. Got them to the playoffs this year. He seems to be the real deal. Uh, so – yeah, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't see them upgrading on him. I don't think there's an upgrade out there, to be honest. So I think you, I think you're fully committed to Tua. So I almost say, don't even pick up the fifth year option. Just give him that long term contract. Just go ahead and give him a. The, but what, if they want to delay that a year, it, it maybe makes more sense for Tua than it would for some other quarterbacks. Like I don't think, I don't think the Chargers of any or the Jaguars, they probably want to get that long term deal. Yeah, they're going to done as soon as possible. Not give them an extra year to up that those dollar <laughs> right. amounts. Maybe the Dolphins can justify that with Tua. Well, and I think you have the same thing, and, and not to get off topic here, but I think you have the same thing this offseason with with a uh, Joe Burrow. Um, he's already been to a he's already been to to the Super Bowl. Yeah, he may get there again this year. He may win one. You don't want him winning two and three before you give him his second his his second contract. Uh, so, uh, two weeks ago, Devin and I were on, and we talked about our Super Bowl teams. Uh, Brian was unable to make it that night, but he did have his teams in. Um, I took the Eagles and Bengals. Uh, Brian, you took the Bills and 49ers. Devin took the 49ers and Bengals. Um, since Kyle is back, I wanted to give Kyle the opportunity to, you know, give you give us your Super Bowl teams and, and give us a little uh, a little depth on, on, on these two teams that you have chosen. Well, before that, do, do you want to give do we want to give Brian a chance just to give his explanations of the Bills and 49ers? I was going to go to Brian as soon as you were done. Okay. All right. Well, then I guess I'll go first. Sorry. Uh, yeah, you, you're playing this so well. I, I, I should stop trying to take over and let the, let the, the play caller just call the plays, right? Um, but yeah, uh, so my preseason prediction for the Super Bowl champion was the Chiefs. And I haven't seen enough from them, but any other teams to steer away from it. Uh, and I mean, they're the one seed. They got the bye. So, uh, they, you know. I guess they had a, an extra day to prepare since that was the Saturday game between the Jags and, and chargers, even though you, you didn't know for sure that they were playing them, but I, you know, you probably thought you're know, looking at the odds now those those Bengals and bills games are not to be closer, but yeah, I, I mean, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL and I can't think of a better reason than that to pick a team. Uh, I think they've got the infra the team around him though. It's not just a one man show. They've got great offensive weapons, a really good offensive line that they've really retooled over the last couple of years, really successfully. And uh, I think the defense has made improvements. You still have some key players, uh, namely Chris Jones. You know, if you got an, an elite pass rusher like that, that could that's kind of like the most important ingredient for a defense. And maybe there's a couple holes, like losing Tyron Matthews, probably that's probably the biggest 
hole they still have over the middle of the secondary. But I think I don't think any defense in the AFC is perfect. So I, I just think, yeah, I'll trust Mahomes. The NFC, though, I think that was tougher in terms of t- picking who I think will get through. I guess I'm kind of banking on Hertz being okay. Um, I guess I I know he's questionable this week, which surprised me considering they played him in week 18. I figured, yeah. you know, if they'd, I mean, it wasn't necessarily a meaningless game. They needed to win that to secure the number one seed, which then gave them the bye to rest Hertz. I thought that would be enough for him to be okay. And maybe he is okay. And it's just, they're, they're playing safe with the questionable tag. So I think it's maybe banking on his health. Um, Cause he might be the best quarterback in the NFC. Uh, probably him or Dak, I would say. Now, Daniel Jones did really play really well last yeah. week and make a case for it. But I think just a uh, great, again, great defense, great offensive line. That's a team that knows how to win in the trenches. And I think they've got the team around Hurts to to help them. The A.J. Brown trade, that was very clearly a big win for Philly. That's, I think, completely changed that offense. So we'll go yeah. with the two one seeds, which hasn't happened since Philly last won the Super Bowl, which what? I guess, uh, I guess six years ago, saying the last time Philly won a championship is a really long time ago, but not anymore. Well, yeah, and, and the funny thing is, is I didn't even realize that 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 the last time that Philly won the Super Bowl, there was the two one seeds. The two you just said that. However, the also ironically, the last time Philly won the Super Bowl, they started out the year eleven and one. So you know, and at the time, they had an MVP candidate at quarterback that got injured. Yeah, the parallels are there. This is I mean, so there's there's so much correlation. But... It's it's in parallel. It's just you know, but yeah, okay. So Brian, you picked the 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 Bills and 49ers a couple weeks ago. Um, let us know what what your thought process where there was because I mean, I don't think the Bills are gonna. I, I mean, they barely got by Miami, right? Yeah, I mean, keeping in mind that my pick was two weeks ago. If I <laughs> if I had to do it over, I might change it. But that being said, I'll still. I'll stay with my original pick. Um, the 49er half, as good as the Eagles' defense is, I just believe the 49ers have the best best defense in the NFC. That's just my two cents. Maybe the and, NFL. I, I was going to say it may, might be the NFL. So so I'm, I lean the 49ers because of their defense. They've got enough offensive weapons. Um, Purdy doesn't have to be a star. It would be good if he could – continue to limit his turnovers, but he doesn't have to be the star. He just has to be a, a role player. I mean, Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl, but I, if Trent Dilfer can win a Super Bowl, I, I don't know why Brock Purdy can't. And then in he's regards a, to Buffalo. He's a, he's a rookie. That's why he can't do it. You can't do it as a rookie, right? That's that's just against that's against all NFL policy. I mean, that those yeah, Ravens did have a – a good defense, but I don't think they have the we- they don't think they have the offensive weapons that Purdy has access to. Debo, yeah. IU, Kittle, even McCaffrey, like just those four passing weapons. I think that's that's almost an all star team, really. It is after the after the McCaffrey trade, they just took off. So, mm-hmm. so and the Eagles really haven't been playing that great in the season the last month or so. I, I understand Hertz was hurt and whatnot, but it's just they just didn't feel right the last month. Um, almost peak too soon. At some point in time, we had a question of when is their first loss going to be? Mm-hmm. My thought process was, was it was going to be to Dallas. Well, hell, it happened to Washington. So. It, that was <laughs> that was the night that the question came up. Was you know, and, and and if I'm not mistaken, Robert Griffin the third was the only one that picked Washington. Of course, <laughs> it, it, exactly. So Philadelphia just has not played as well in the second half as they did the first. 
to me. Yep, very, that's very, very nice. That's what I thought that very was a nice. Pick. Yeah, yeah. Um, also on on that show, we, we Devin and I talked about some bold predictions. Um, and and for twenty twenty three, and when we're talking about these bold predictions, you know, we're, we're talking more fantasy relevant, uh, dynasty. Um, and I took Trevor Lawrence being QB one overall, and I just and I just threw threw fuel to the fire, added everything I could to it, and said Jacksonville Jaguars will be. The number one seed, uh, number one seed in the AFC. Devin, of course, being the homer that he is, because <laughs> Justin Fields finishes overall QB one. Those so, twenty twenty one QBs. <laughs> will yeah. my bold prediction be Zach Wilson is the QB one overall <laughs> in the XFL? Okay, no, oh, oh X. Okay, all right, cool. <laughs> He's not good enough to come to the CFL. I don't think. <laughs> it's good. Okay, Zach Wilson or or uh, Shreveler. Wasn't it uh, Zach, Zach Wilson? Strevler okay. is Strevler's not good for a CFL quarterback, let alone an NFL quarterback. Okay, that's, all right. That's it's just ironic that they're both on the same team. I figured maybe yes. like you know the Argonauts or somebody was like you know, hey Jets, try these guys out. We'll see which one we want next year. Yeah, I just Strevler uh, can run well. I don't. You can't really throw that well. That's the problem. <laughs> all right. He's so a good Brian, backup quarterback. He's a really good backup quarterback, especially in the CFL. Brian, I want to give you the opportunity to give me and and our and our and our. Uh, guest in, in the everybody in the chat what is your 2023 bold prediction i've actually got two I, I i don't ever believe in one so i've got two my number one is kenneth walker top five ppr running back i like it i like that. i don't even know if that's that bold but i love it yeah it's yeah, yeah i don't think it's bold, what, i mean this year he finished in what top i think he was a top nine top ten and if you take, well, if if you take if, from where he started in week six to to week seventeen, well, he was. He was I, I remember six. when I was doing my rankings. If you took when after Penny was traded, the rest of the season, he's like a top three running back. I think he's basically right there with Jacobs, you like, mean, right you mean, behind you, McCaffrey not, and Eckler. So you, you mean when when Penny got injured, not traded? Oh yeah, I, I'm thinking of uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of the opposite. It's uh, uh, Etienne. Same thing. Because like if you take when when Robinson got Robinson, traded and just yeah. count that, so he's also like a top six seven running back. So I think yeah. it was it was funny. It was kind of happening around the same time. So I kind of did that with in my rankings. I remember one week I had them both in the top five, my weekly rankings. And that was I talked about on the full press fantasy pod. If that was my reasoning, of, I'm counting their points per game since those well penny injury. But the transaction with Robinson was made. And yeah, I love Kenneth Walker. Yeah, I think that's I, I don't like I said, I, I don't know if it's a it's a bold one, but I, I do love it. I love it. This next one's pretty bold, though. This one, though, is bold. Brian, tell us what you got for your second one. My second one is that T. Higgins will actually score more fantasy points, PPR fantasy points, than Jamar Chase. That's that's a pretty bold and zesty one right there. But yeah, uh, yeah, it's 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 zesty. I mean, right. and, and don't get me wrong, I have I have more shares of T. Higgins than Jamar Chase anyway, so I would I would love to see that. <laughs> it wasn't that far this year. Um, I think in the yardage. They they were both over a thousand, but less than mm-hmm. eleven hundred. I think it was yeah. only about a difference of thirty yards or so. Twenty, and, not even. It's uh twenty-five yards difference, or fifteen wow. yards difference, or seventeen yards. Sorry, I could do math properly. Yeah. One thousand forty-six to thousand twenty-nine. Two touchdowns. I guess the only thing is Chase had four more games played than Higgins, but that also I think 
Higgins, two of those games didn't actually play. So even we'll say we'll give him the 14, that's still two extra games and Chase still outscored him. So it could happen, but yeah, it, it, uh, Definitely would be a bold thing. Maybe, you know, and yeah. eventually, I think that was one of the fears of this year is our team just going to pay so much attention to Chase that Higgins is going to get one-on-one coverage every play and and be that guy. Yeah, I, I think that, I think if they continue on the path that they are, as far as, it, you know, as far as Cincinnati goes, continue to build that line. Because you got to remember, you got Kappa still out. You got, you know, so, so teams are able to actually throw a little bit more pressure um, and the ball has to come out a little bit quicker. But I think if 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 that line gets uh, gets solid again, um, you could see ungodly numbers from Chase from Chase and Higgins both. But Kyle, what do you got for your bowl prediction uh, prediction for twenty twenty three? Yeah, so uh, a guy I had ranked even in redraft is like a top ten wide receiver this year. Probably one of my biggest disappointments. Uh, I think he's my second most rostered player in fantasy overall. Uh, maybe I didn't buy enough into the fact that he would have a rookie quarterback. Maybe I'm just a big Ben hater and thought, ah, you know what? He'll, the ball will go downfield. Maybe I banked on Mitch Trubisky starting, starting more games. Cause it did almost like, that's almost the one player that Trubisky was better for, uh, than Pickett was Deontay Johnson. And, uh, now he's gotten the chemistry with, uh, Pickett, at least, uh, most of a season's worth zero touchdowns on, uh, I think it was a, it's an NFL record. It's something like, uh, uh, how many catches did Deontay have? Like 70-something catches? 800-something yards as well, zero touchdowns. Now, they almost screwed up. They almost screwed up in the last game of this season. Yeah, he got he all the way down to the two. Mm-hmm. I, I think, get it. you know, we, everyone talks, you know, touchdown regression seems like it's a big catchphrase the last couple of years. But for someone to catch that many passes with zero touchdown is a huge outlier. Now, Rookie quarterback maybe explains a little bit of that, but that won't be the case next year. Pickett in his second year, I think, will allow Deontay to rebound. I don't think George Pickens overtakes Deontay as the wide receiver one on the team. So banking on a couple things. Pickett improving enough and to be able to you know, be a better red zone quarterback, more touchdowns to Deontay. Uh, and so I have I my bold predictions is Deontay will not become a top 10. Like I, like I think he was the wide receiver eight last year or two seasons ago, I guess. Well, yes, we're still in this year in the playoffs, but. You know, for to go from, uh, I was going to look it up. Where where did he finish last year? It's something like, yeah, wide receiver thirty nine. So I think he rebounds to become a top. I said top twenty four, but I'll say top twenty just to keep it bold enough. Yeah, uh, I think I, Deontay I, is back to being a top twenty wide receiver. So uh, I'll probably he'll probably be my most rostered receiver next year because he's going to be way cheaper than he was this year, and I was all in on him this year anyway. Yeah. So 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 where were you drafting Deontay Johnson last year? Uh, uh, you know, in, in your startups, probably your, in like your redraft games. Like fourth round, fifth round. So where do you think he's going to fall to? Seven this year, somewhere in that range. That's Probably something. Like, I was six, thinking six, six seven. Yeah, yeah, six seven. I mean, considering considering a, a mid mid to late or mid to back end wide receiver three, I could see that. I, I remember twenty twenty one. Deontay, Juju, and Claypool all had like really similar ADP. Mm-hmm. Now, usually Deontay was the, in almost every draft I saw. He was usually the first one going. But they all, they're almost in like the same round at some points. And I wonder if that's actually what ends up happening with Deontay and Pickens, where they'll end up pretty close to similar ADP. And if that's the case, like I'm I'm all in on Deontay as the wide receiver one on the team. I love Wait, Pickens. I, I think he's talented. You, but. So you don't you don't think that this year Pickens jumps over in ADP? No. Okay. Uh, oh, I mean, I, I'm thinking production. He might actually jump over him in ADP, to be honest. 
Right. I could see right. like in dynasty startups, especially people wanting to get in on the second year breakout wide receiver. So I could definitely see, and that's why I think, I think they'll, their ADP is going to be close, might be the same round. So which one goes ahead of who is really just personal preference. I'm even remember, so like, again, a couple of years ago, like sometimes you'd see Claypool go ahead of Deontay in, in drafts. And like, right. it, it, you know, a lot of times it was the opposite, but within a round of each other and might be the similar case this year. You might see some drafts Pickens goes first, other where Deontay goes first. And if they're anywhere close, I think I'd, much prefer to have Deontay. Yeah, if you're going to see them, if you're going to see them, they're probably only going to be about what three, four picks apart because somebody's going to grab Pickens and somebody else is going to be like, no, 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 or they, or it's going to be the other way around. So a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of fantasy players are also swayed by the highlight reel play, and that's one thing Pickens is mm-hmm. does that not necessarily Deontay, who's my guy as well. Deontay is just solid. I mean, he just gets open. He's always open. And he, and it, you know, the target thing is another thing. I don't, I don't see P- Pickens getting more targets moving forward either, but I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if Pickens is the more touchdown guy. I mean, he'll, he may score more touchdowns, but he won't have as many catches and yards next year. Right on, right on. And Deontay had 147 targets this year and zero touchdowns. That's almost insane. Um, Pickens only at 84 and he played every game. So that's a, that's a significant difference. Now they almost had the same yardage, (laughs) um, even though with like a a 30, what was it? 34 catch difference. They, you know, Deontay's 882 Pickens is at 801. So yeah, low depth of target with, with Deontay. I was thinking that would maybe something that changes this year with the, you know, not having Ben having to, you know, the, because post elbow injury just hasn't been able to get the ball downfield. I thought even if it's Pickett, that he'd still have that arm to get it downfield. Certainly Trubisky would, but that turned out not to be the case this year. So that might uh, that might be his role, just the, the underneath guy. But I think the touchdowns can certainly come back. Yeah, oh, and, and, and if they and if they do use some of that draft capital and and bolster that offensive line, that would be that would be nice. Which <laughs> it would be helpful. It reminds me a lot of the Miles Sanders situation this year, where. Last year he had zero touchdowns as well, and this year he had double digit, didn't he? Uh, something like that, yeah. Miles so, Sanders had had a, I think it was eleven this year, right? I think 11. 11, 12, yeah. Yeah, because because Gainwell, I think, vultured four of them, um, which hurt some places. <laughs> but oh, yeah, I mean Deontay will bounce back with eight, seven, or eight at least next year. Yeah, Sanders had eleven rushing, zero receiving. Uh, Seven combined between Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell. Wow. Yep. So and then we don't we didn't even include Hurt. So yeah, that was another. I think he had thirteen. <laughs> thirteen. Hurts had thirteen rushing touchdowns. Yeah. Okay. It's funny. You just said like you, you, Brian. You were talking about Deontay. We bounced to seven or eight. Like, ooh, that seems high for him. But I guess he had eight and eight touchdowns in twenty twenty one. So yeah. No, I think he could bounce back to that. And the link. You and I aren't in a lot of, a lot of leagues together. And the leagues you, you the leagues I'm in, I've got Deontay pretty much everywhere too. So, of course, I'm a Steelers fan, and and one of my three jerseys I've got Deontay Johnson. So I mean, you know, it's yeah. funny. It was it was all about the AFC North me because my two most rostered players this year were Deontay, but Tyler Boyd was number one for me. I had so many shares. I like Tyler Boyd too. All right, so let me get into this little uh, quick little ad read. I'm I'm trying to become uh the the promo pimp. I got a lot of work to do here. So I mean we got we got Dan over there in in in, in uh the B League just just killing us all in the promos. So go over to underdog uh underdog fantasy use promo code GF two hundred dollar hundred dollar deposit match 
guarantee on your first one. We got uh, best ball. Uh, you got NASCARs coming. You you got baseball pickums. You know all kinds of good little good little things. They're giving they're 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 giving away money when you if you go in there and look at some of their prop bets. They're giving away money. All you got to do is just pick them and and, and take it home. You uh, need to watch B leagues pick them as well because he'll, he'll yeah. tell you some of those props. And that's that's where I was going next is is we got go, real quick go over the the going for two uh, families uh, Monday night we got the two point conversion uh, Tuesday night we got speak on it. Wednesday night, the armchair fantasy. Thursday night, we are here uh, on the gambit. Friday night, again, armchair comes back with DFS. And then fr- uh, Saturday night is the Dynasty Saturday Night Five. So you, you, we are on six nights a week. And there's actually, in a, after the Super Bowl, we're swapping some things up. We're still going to have beyond six nights a week. And uh, adding adding some other little flavor and shows that, are, that are, I, I'm going to be just all in on on the gf2 network um go over to the gf2 going for two.com get in the discord again free discord we're always in there popping stuff off um the i i talked to jeff here's one thing that i do have over the b league the b league has wanted music and he's wanted this and he's wanted all this mess for his shows guess what all i asked was i wanted my own little area in discord we got it. The Gambit has its own little area in Discord. B League is still looking for music. <laughs> so I, I don't know if I don't know. I don't know if I'm I'm better than the B League. I'm not gonna say that by no means, but I guess maybe Jeff likes me more. So there you go, Dan. There's your you probably don't drop. complain as much as Dan. <laughs> I don't I will not complain. Nowhere near I think part as of the stick is he just wants to complain. <laughs> if he had music, he wouldn't know what to do with himself. He wouldn't know what to complain about. No, as soon as you give him music, then he's got nothing to complain about. So then he's, hey, he'd find know, something else. He'd, he'd find something else. The Giants will lose still. soon enough. He'll, he'll decide about that. But but hey, I mean uh no they made it far further than brian and my esteem, so uh, well, and mine and mine and mine. Oh, sorry, I just assumed you were a Jaguars fan. <laughs> No, 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 no. I'm a, I'm a Bucks fan. I'm, I'm a, right. I'm okay. a Bucks yeah, fan. It's, actually, it's, yeah, it's all over, but yeah, it, it's all over for us. But you know, I um, so Cooterdale will put out um a an article. If you didn't read it, go check that out on on uh, Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life. Cooterdale put out an article that it is now okay once your team is out of the playoffs, you can bandwagon. You just have to announce it. So I announced that as soon as I read her article, I announced that I am jumping ship right now just for this playoff run. I am a Jacksonville Jaguars fan. Proximity makes sense. Good, I think that would be the same and, for me. I'd go. I mean, and I jumped conference, so I'm not on my own conference, and I didn't go to the number one seed. <laughs> you got the team playing the number one seed. If I had to bandwagon anywhere, it'd be the Bills. Uh, you know, it's funny because you know I've got family members that are Packers fans, others that are Bills fans. So I had like the 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 crossroads and it's always like the, Oh, what if I decided to become a bills fan instead? What if it was, the, it was really this nerve football. My grandpa had, I just love the way that right. G looked on it. Honestly, G I like the way this G looks on his hat too. Uh, <laughs> that's really what, what made it for me. But yeah, the, the ultimate, what if, what if I became a bills fan? That's always wondered that. So usually the, again, cross conference, Hey, they're not the number one seed. They, they just thought they might be, but uh, they, you know, I've also, I love seeing the teams, the franchises that have never won, championships i won't say super bowl because i do not want to see the lions ever win a super bowl uh but uh but uh, yeah i'd love to see the bills finally get that championship i'd love to see it for the city of buffalo they, they could use a championship they've, oh, yeah. they've come close so many times both in in nfl and nhl they, they deserve they deserve a win so funny enough my bandwagon team would be the bills as well and i didn't answer this part of the question earlier 
We saw the Chiefs-Bills game last year and how close it was. There's just something to me that after the, after the tragedy that happened with, with the injury, there's some, that's the reason I chose the Bills two weeks ago, is there's just something there. And now that the game, if, if the Bills and Chiefs play, would be in Atlanta and not in Kansas City, I think that's a, hu- a huge get as well. So that's why I've got the Bills. So Yeah, I, I think I would, channel DeMar Hamlin. Maybe it gives them something more to play for even than – themselves yeah maybe that's yeah we're gonna we're gonna jump into these to these games this weekend and i was gonna bring that up i'm glad you did that they they did finally come out and say where the game was gonna be if it is the bills and kc which quite honestly in my opinion the game that should be a neutral site game should be the cincinnati buffalo game it shouldn't be the afc championship game but that's whatever now you know, no, I've heard that too. Those are kind of getting screwed in all this. Like they just play like from this point, everything should just be neutral sites, honestly, yeah. at least this game. And then, yeah, next week. But yeah, right. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's let's dive into these divisional round games um, and let's let's just go in order of the of the way the games are going to be played. Um, so we have Jacksonville at Kansas City. Kansas City is an eight and a half point favorite four thirty on Saturday. This is the biggest spread of the weekend. Um, I think it's come down. I thought it was like nine and a half when it opened too. Okay, so. this is this was as of about three thirty this mm-hmm. afternoon when I, when that I is. when I built a sheet. Yeah, so it it has come down from where it opened. Um, I guess people saw that it was the biggest spread, and a lot right. of people how that big comeback the Jags made. Yeah, and while, while I'm going to ask this question, and while you're answering, I will double check um, and check what the uh, what the update is if there is one. So. Um, with with this being the biggest spread, you know, we saw the phenomenal comeback last week with, with Jacksonville. Does Jacksonville just have is it does it have any hope to to overcome, you know, the Mahomes Casey factor? Uh Kyle? There's always hope. And I think Brian will echo this in his response, uh based on what he wrote in the in the, the show sheet. It's not a zero percent chance. It may not be that much higher than zero. Maybe it's a G for two percent chance uh, that they they can win this. Uh, I'm sure internally though, Doug Peterson's going to have them believing like it's it's a true 50-50 game. I think he's the type of coach that can elevate them. I don't know if that will be quite enough though. I think uh, maybe the emotional high of that game last week a bit of a, a letdown for them. I suppose if they get down behind by a lot though, they're not too worried they can't come back. I, I just don't think the Chiefs are giving up that big a lead. They're not the Chargers, after all. Yeah, but they 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 have been known to give up some passing yards. Yep, definitely true. All right, Brian, what you got? He just stole my thunder a little bit. <laughs> the the Chiefs have definitely been known to give up passing yards. One thing I'd take into consideration is it was Trevor Lawrence's first game last week, so maybe, who knows, but maybe he got his four interceptions out of the way and got his yips out of the way. And they'll play good from the start. Um, it's definitely not a zero chance. That's why they play every game. Um, there are a few regular season games where you have zero chance, but it's it's not a complete zero chance. But the Colts beat the Chiefs this year. Like anything can happen. That was with yeah. Frank Reich. To be fair, I don't think they would have done it with Jeff Saturday. <laughs> well, exactly. But so no, there's not a zero chance. But it's definitely going to be done through the year. Fair enough. Fair enough. And so it is it, the, the spread right now, at least on DraftKings, is at eight and a half. Ironically, I didn't look at this number earlier. Um, 
it is also the highest over under at 53. Yeah, so, which I was almost a little surprised about, but we can get to that in a little bit. Yeah. Um uh, you want to go you want to go ahead and talk about that or you want to go on to the next game? Well, it is talking about it in not okay. the next right. game, but the game after that. So we'll, we'll okay. hint at that. There's a bit All of right. suspense for the folks. Yeah, there we go. There we go. So the uh, 8-15 on Saturday, we have the NFC East battling each other and the Giants going to Philly. Uh, spread is 7.5. I think that's probably a pretty fair uh, spread, um, being that Philly is the one seed. Um, do the Eagles just have too much firepower? Um, for the, for the Giants defense, I mean the Giants defense looked pretty good. Um, against Minnesota last week, did they? They may have just you know that that might have been their peak. I, I you know, you got J- Justin Jefferson and in T.J. Hawkinson, but and then got Dalvin Cook. But did, they may have hit their peak last week. So, uh, yeah, just Eagles. Do, do they just have too much firepower for the for the off- for the defense of the Giants? Uh, let's go with Brian first. Well, the Giants' defense has struggled. They did do well last week, but at the same time, the Vikings funnel. You know, they don't really have a, a ton of great playmakers. They have some. Eagles certainly have more. But it all boils down to me is not the defense itself, but more can the Giants execute their game plan. Earlier earlier in the season, the Eagles beat them, I think, 48 to 20 or something like that. And then week 18, the um, Giants didn't play their starters. But the important thing is, can Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley control the clock like they did at certain points in the game against the Vikings? Because that's what happened, especially first half, is time of possession was in favor of the Giants. And so as, as a result, the Vikings never really did get in much of a rhythm, to be perfectly honest with you. And I think that's what they're going to need to do that this week. Plus, also hope that the second half Eagles are there rather than the first half of the year Eagles. Very fair. Very fair. Uh, Kyle? Well, good memory to Brian. Yeah, I just looked it up. Eagles beat the Giants 48. So you got that number right, 22. So I think you were a couple points off. But yeah, that's uh, um, some good analysis there. I think as much as that score is huge, though, I, to answer the question directly, do they have too much firepower? No. And I think the way the Giants defense is structured, they've got a really solid defensive line. So this is not the type of team, like there's some other teams in the NFL where the Eagles offensive line could just bully a team and they could just do whatever they want. They'll have enough time to throw or they could just run all over someone. I don't think they can quite do that with the Giants. Um, I think the issue might be, I guess they've got a Dory Jackson. They've got one like really good corner, but all their best defensive backs are probably their, their safeties. Xavier McKinney, Julian Love, who's had a great breakout season. They don't really have that second guy to take away a perimeter wide receiver. So if you've got a Dory Jackson taking out AJ Brown, Devonte Smith might be the one to feast. And that might be the one spot where maybe there's too much firepower is specifically between wide receiver and corner. I do think that because of the great safety play, maybe Dallas Goddard gets shut down a little bit. Like this will be probably Brown and Smith. That'll, that'll really dominate. Whereas maybe Goddard gets a bigger game coming after this game in the playoffs, assuming the Eagles win. All right, let me let me add. I, it's not on the show sheet, so you're going to get a little bit of plus coverage right here. The 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 Giants. Do the Giants have enough or any? Uh, you know, can, do the Giants have enough firepower to keep up? They got Barkley. <laughs> <laughs> Hope that's I mean, they, enough. They got Hodgins, who is you know what? Bellinger is you know, really well for rookie tight end. I usually hate on tight ends, especially rookies, but he. This is man, what a great year for rookie tight ends. Not the year Kyle Pitts comes up, but the year after. 
And right. They all do better than Pitts, but uh, here's uh, an interesting, um, interesting, not stat, but an interesting deal that happened this year, uh, or that I found out this year is Hodgins has been in the dayball system for three years now. He's with Buffalo for two, gets cut in week three, I think it was, gets picked up by the Giants in week four, and then just goes off. So, you know, I think Hodgins is Hodgins could be the X factor when it when it comes if the Giants can win this game, Hodgins will be the X factor. One thing I will say though, Isaiah Hodgins versus Darius Slay, you kind of favor the Eagles there. Even if well, even the other side of James Bradbury, you probably still favor the Eagles. But yeah, if they could if they could find creative ways to get him open, if uh, like who plays the slot there? Slayton's got to get involved. You know, mm-hmm. you got to get um uh, what's the other wide receiver there um um. Uh, James. James. He probably you, plays a lot more. So right, but you've got to get the other guys involved just enough. Like you, like you brought up Bellinger, you've got to get him involved just enough. You've got to get Barkley involved in the in the passing game as well to have these corners, phenomenal corners, by the way, step up to have that chance to to get Hodgins or or uh, uh, Slayton by them. I mean, hell, we we could see you know Galladay at one point have a you know another touchdown this game. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he'll get his seventh catch of the year. Who knows? Yeah, (laughs) I mean, they've got to at least throw the ball to him because they've got to get. I mean, right now it's what seventeen million dollars a catch right now. So it's ridiculous. Yeah, they're just worried about winning games, and (laughs) and as we mentioned, they've got a, a treasure trove of much better receivers like Isaiah Hodgins and Richie James, like all these names we thought were clearly better than Galladay. All right, we'll move on to Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Cincinnati at Buffalo, 3 o'clock. Uh, Five-and-a-half-point favorite Buffalo. Oh, many, many, many questions. I don't want to get into all of them because it's this this game. It's a game we we wanted to see on a Monday night. Did not, Unfortunately, did not get to see it. Um, thank, thank God that uh, that Hamlin's uh, Hamler sure. is, is doing much, much better. Um, so going back to last week, after we after we saw both of these teams involved in, you know, questionable play calling, you know, what do you expect in this matchup? Um, remembering that both of these teams, when they when they played their games last week, you know, Buffalo playing Miami for the third time, Cincinnati playing Baltimore for the third time. Teams Second know time each other very well. Too. Right. Yeah. Teams know each other very well. Um, and like you just said. Baltimore, Cincinnati had played the week prior. Um, I, I want to say it was like maybe three weeks, four weeks that the the Dolphins had played um, uh, Buffalo there. So you know, that in consideration, the very first drive, basically five minutes of the Monday night game, um, so it was 7-3. So I don't really not going to take too much from it because we didn't see much. Although Cincinnati looked like they were going to open up the, the uh, passing game. What are you going to tell? What, what what do you expect from this matchup, Cincinnati Buffalo? Uh, let's exactly go with Kyle the first. last thing you said. Sorry, I just assumed you going to be first. Uh, <laughs> really should stop taking over. Uh, maybe, <laughs> but I think the passing game will take over this game for both sides, and I think it's just going to turn out to be one of the, sh- the this big shootout back and forth. I was surprised when they first set the lines that the Chiefs Jaguars was the highest over under and not this one. And it's funny, it's actually it actually came down the over under to the point where it was at forty eight and a half, tied with the Eagles Giants. It's gone back up now. I've seen it at 49 and a half, 
but uh, I think it initially started at 50 and a half, but I was still surprised that it was below the Chiefs Jaguars, which is I th- through the week seems like it's remained pretty consistently at 52 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I, I kind of expected this to be the, the fireworks shootout match of the week, not necessarily Chiefs Jaguars. So I'm expecting big production specifically from the pass catchers. I mean, they, they've got, I mean, are, are you already saying Burrow and Allen are top three NFL quarterbacks? I think for fantasy, that's a pretty easy argument to make, but even just overall NFL quarterbacks, they might be up there already. And so you've got two amazing quarterbacks with maybe the best set of weapons in the league. I know the 49ers might contest that, but like on both sides, there's so much great pass catching options. Yeah. I could see this being a shootout for sure. Yeah, what you just brought up there, I didn't even think about too. Just now, you you got probably two of the best young quarterbacks, you know, like you said, top three quarterbacks, whether it be in fantasy or regular NFL, you know, just just in NFL in general. But they also have dominant, you know, wide receivers that complement each other. You know, Gabe Davis and, and and Stephon Diggs. You know, sometimes Gabe's there, but Stephon's always there. So yeah, I love it. I love it. All right, Brian, what are your thoughts on this game? I completely com- agree with Kyle there that uh, I would have made this the highest over-under. I don't take a lot of a lot of things from last week's game. As a Steelers fan, the Ravens always find a way to be competitive, but they also find a way to make games ugly. So you got to give them a lot of credit. They did what they had to do with their backup quarterback to stay competitive. And the only reason... The, to me, the only reason the Bills-Dolphins game went up the way it did, Buffalo gets out to a 17 nothing lead. And then Miami's offense is okay. I mean, Tom, Skylar Thompson did better than he was expected. But the big play in that game was, was Allen's fumble. Return, mm-hmm. when the, the Dolphins are turning um, Allen's fumble. That, tur- that turned that game into a much more competitive game than it really was. So I don't really take that much from last week's game. So I definitely think this is going to be a high-scoring game. And like you already mentioned, the first seven or eight minutes of the Monday night matchup, there was already 10 points, and I think the Bengals were driving again. So, Yeah, they, like, they were. They were. That's that's when the when the incident happened, yes. So it, it was already on its way to set probably, what's that, 10, 13 or 17 points in the first 10 minutes of the game. So mm-hmm. you did the math. That's you know, that's 10 minutes times six times six is 60. So you're looking at 60 plus points, 78 points really on pace. So, so smash the over on that 49 and a half while you still can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. hundred percent agree. I, yeah. I think the, the two offenses are just going to take over the game. Uh, we, we've, we've seen Buffalo give it up uh, through the air. We've seen Cincinnati give it up through the air at times. So yeah, get, get, I, I would definitely be smashing the over. Uh, getting to the last game of the week, probably the big game, at least for NFC fans, um, or uh, Dallas at San Francisco. This is uh, the opening line. I don't even know what the opening line was, but the three and a half that it sits right now is kind of low to me. Um, it's it seems like everybody's leaning San Francisco supposed to hammer this game. It's supposed to be a blowout. Blah 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 blah. Six thirty evening on or 6.30 Sunday evening. Question is, can Dak build off of what he did last week, you know, the zero turnovers, controlling the game against a, uh, uh, you know, I'm not going to say Tampa's, you know, defense in general is as good as San Francisco because they are not. But the rush defense 
it was pretty good. Dak was forced to do it through the air, and he did. He did it multiple times. Uh, didn't turn the ball over, got a little bit of pressure, didn't fumble the ball. So, Brian, can Dak build off of last week? Uh, Dak's a good quarterback. I mean, let's not discredit him. But like we mentioned earlier in the show, the 49ers are good defense. So, mm-hmm. will he, he's not going to compile last week's stats, nor will he compare the week before when he just stunk up the joint against the, against the commanders. He's not going to. He's going to be somewhere in the middle of that. And last week, um, between Pollard and Zeke, they had right at, right around 100 yards um, rushing. I know Pollard had 75 for sure. And I want to say Zeke was 27 or something like that. So, you know, exactly. they're going to have to rely on the running game a little bit more to me. Both teams are. So, I, I'm not expecting huge numbers from Dak, but he's but he is a good quarterback. He'll be okay. I'll I'll throw him out there for 250, 250 passing yards and two touchdowns. Ooh, okay. I like the two touchdowns. I was a little surprised on right there, but okay, all right. Kyle, what do you, what, what's your what's your initial thoughts on uh, on Dak and 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 being able to build off of what he accomplished last week, or at least the step that he took last week? I think that what impressed me the most was that he wasn't as reliant on Lamb as he had been all season. Lamb is up there all year in terms of market share, which that's been the kind of the one thing he's been missing is, okay, he's usually kind of just around 20, below 20% market share the last couple of years. Cooper goes, Amari Cooper's gone. Suddenly the, the offense really focused on Lamb this year. Dalton Schultz actually had more targets. So Lamb getting only six targets probably doesn't happen. Now, the context of they were ahead for basically the entirety of that game um other than maybe when the first quarter of the offense a little slow to get started once it got started they, there was no looking back so uh i think it it's it shows that dak was still able to find things that worked without relying on lamb but this might end up being a game where you target the slot receivers against the 49ers to get away from that pass rush so you, you know maybe that's you know we'll see a lot of lamb in the slot as a way to get him the ball quickly and so i wonder if that's how they rely on him almost they'll Pull Lam, do it with Lamb a little bit with 49ers do with Debo. Maybe not run him up the middle ever, but the type of routes that Debo runs when they're throwing to him, I wonder if that's a similar way that, that Lamb will be used and, and heavily targeted because of it. Yeah, so I, I, I just looked it up, and I and I did not realize this, but, but he actually spread the ball around very, very well. You know, Lamb had only, you know, had six targets. Gallup had six targets. Hilton had four targets. Brown had two targets. Schultz had eight targets. You know, so he spread the ball around. And I sat here and watched the game, and and, and I didn't, I did not realize that he was spreading the ball around as as much as he did. Um, but he did a very, 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 very good job at spreading it around uh, and giving getting everybody involved. Uh, you know, not 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 including you know two more targets to Zeke and three more targets to Pollard. You know, 300, 305 yards, four touchdowns. You know, that's a very – and he was efficient. He was efficient. Uh, 25 or 33. So, I liked I liked the numbers. I'm hoping he can build off of it. Um, I just don't know what to expect with it being going up against the San Francisco defense because that San Francisco defense has been solid all year. Um, uh, Lenny, my, question, my question from last week's game is how many of the receivers did the Buccaneers actually cover? No, 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 we don't, we don't, Bucks don't cover receivers. 
No, nobody covers receivers in Tampa. Or tight ends, for that matter. I, I, receiving options, I should have said. But. Very very fair question. Um, it did seem like they were focused so much on Lamb that other guys were getting open more easily. That, yes. that was maybe part of it why Dak wasn't relying on Lamb because he was getting so much attention. And and that, I guess that leads to, or I guess my point was, is that that probably helped Dak realize that, hey, these guys can catch the ball too. I don't just have to go to him and force Make the, the ball. right play for the defense. Right. I don't have to force yeah. the ball where you, you know, that's where you saw him doing the overthrows or it was just behind him. He's trying to force the ball. Maybe that was the help that, that Dak needed, you know, mentally that, to know that, hey, I don't have to force it. I do have other people that, that can catch and get a couple yards after the game or, you know, after the, after the catch. So, I, I like his chances. Like I said, I just don't know, you know, what it's going to mean uh, or what it, what he's going to be able to do up against the man, the, the best defense. Do I dare call him the best defense in the NFL? Because I think they might be San Francisco. Yeah, it's probably if I had to pick a team to, for that title, I'd probably pick them. Right. OK. They probably got the defensive player of the year in Bosa and pass rush is so important to defensive success. Yeah. All right, so flipping flipping to the other side of the ball there, let's go over 49ers. to the 49ers. And I, it's a real simple question, I guess. Um, is Brock, the Rock Purdy, done after this week writing his Hollywood script? Or does he keep moving on? What, 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 this, this is like a, a, a Hollywood script, a storybook, you know, going from Mr. Irrelevant taking a team to the the playoffs you know yes he's got all these weapons but what is he is he is this week done for him or or, or do you do we think he's going to move on i don't think this is the last script for him especially as mr relevant any start he gets after this season is still going to be considered kind of a victory um i don't think he's done starting in the nfl if he's played this well this year it's not just going to be okay rookie contracts up the 49ers get rid of him no one's going to want him at all I don't know. I, I think we we definitely have not seen the last of Brock Purdy. Brian, I'm I'm right there with Kyle. Um, and one thing about it is, so your question has to start out with, they're not likely going to sign Garoppolo. I don't suppose. Yeah. I mean, yeah. okay, so you have you have Trey Lance, Jimmy G, and Brock Purdy, right? Brock Purdy is pretty much Jimmy G. But now going in, which would be going into his second year. So you got Jimmy G on his rookie contract and Trey Lance, right? Yeah. So there's similar no to Miami, what I was saying earlier with Tua and Skylar Thompson, get two quarterbacks on rookie contracts. You can you'll be able to spend your money everywhere else. Absolutely, Take advantage. Absolutely, sure. and, and and Brock Purdy's proven that he can actually you know be in a game with you know big time NFL players. So I'm sorry, Brian. Go ahead. And we don't know for sure. Just piggyback on that thought. We don't know for sure where Trey Lance is going to be during summer camp, mm-hmm. first mm-hmm. game of the season. We don't know. I mean, Purdy might be the starter game one next year. And for this week, I think he just has to be himself. Hell, he's 6-0. and oh, and he, You know, it hadn't been a fluke. And he just needs to rely on all of his weapons and, if need be, rely on more of the running game than they did last week. Yeah, I, I mean, here's here's the thing for me. If, if Brock Purdy goes and wins the the Super Bowl this year, I mean, the, the dude could retire, 
be in the Hall of Fame in five years because I don't think any other Mr. Irrelevant has has gone and won the Super Bowl in his rookie year. Um, you know, as, at least as a as a quarterback, starting quarterback. Um, so he gets he go retire, go to the go to the Hall of Fame in five years, and then immediately have a multi billion dollar deal with Disney or you know whoever to write this storybook, right? Because it's just been phenomenal. It's just been a phenomenal deal with him. Well, considering how long it took Terrell Davis, a two-time Super Bowl <laughs> champion, to get in with a short career, I don't, I don't think he's getting in five years, like he, immediately he, first ballot with he one season under his belt. Terrell Davis wasn't a quarterback either. As good as Terrell Davis well, was. Kurt Warner had to wait like two years. Yeah, but he was. I, well, I don't think I don't think Purdy. If, if he retires after a season, he might not even get I, into the Hall of Fame. Honestly, I was completely being facetious okay. when I said that. I was just right. because it's 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 just one of those yeah. things. It's like a storybook. That, but that, no, but like the the idea point. of yeah. the the endorsement, he could definitely like yes, you know, a career after football and get money just on his name, image, and right. likeness. He he reminds you of the quarterback for Alabama, Mac Jones, or oh, uh, their current quarterback, current quarterback, yeah, Bryce Young. Okay, Bryce Young. Yeah. Hmm. No. I'm sorry. I misspoke. The quarterback for Georgia. Oh, it's that's oh. a bit. Yeah. 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 That like a walk on Mr. Irrelevant that comes out and wins, wins the whole thing. And then he doesn't, doesn't matter what he does for the rest of the career. He'll always be remembered. So listen, listen, I live in Georgia and that kid will never buy a single thing in the state ever again. This state is so overwhelmed about Stetson Bennett. He 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 he'll never have to buy a house. He'll never have to buy a drink. He walks into anywhere; it's already paid for. Somebody in the store is paying for it. Dude is phenomenal, and and, and again, the story. You know why can't there? It is the story is is Stetson Bennett and Brock Purdy. They they've got to be roommates, like for the summer or something. You know. And just like going, I don't know what they're gonna do, but it's got to be like a reality TV show with the two of them. That's <laughs> we just exactly. We maybe we can all all set that up, and we we get the premiums from it. That'd be good. Yeah, I, I'm sure Bezos is finders fee. I'm sure it'll Bezos be going is... for two production. Watch it's it live on our going for YouTube channel. <laughs> subscribe. Subscribe. That's right. All right, fellas. When you sit down this weekend, you watch these these four games Saturday and Sunday. What are a couple things or one thing that you're going to be looking at that will influence you and your dynasty team's decisions over this offseason and going into next year? Brian, I want to start with you. Well, first of all, I've already mentioned uh, one of my big, like, okay, this is this is one of those hot thoughts out there. So I'm, I'm kind of curious whether the um, – Target share, what it's going to look like between Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, since I've already mentioned Higgins for more fantasy points last um, next year. They uh, last week definitely Jamar Chase had had all the t- targets funneled through him. He had the touchdown. Kind of curious where that flips. Um, second thought is Tony Pollard's looked really good throughout the year, but he's also had at times a lot less usage than than Zeke even though he's been the better running back kind of curious what that looks like this week um last week he had 75 yards to Zeke's 27 but I'd like to continue to see how Pollard looks so those are a couple things I'm looking at Kyle 
I guess for me, it's the uh, tight ends, specifically the tight ends from the underdogs, assuming they lose, we won't get to see them the rest of the year. But I'm thinking of Daniel Bellinger and how much of a great rookie season he's built on. Like, is he almost a borderline top 12 dynasty tight end? Uh, um, but then, you know, Evan Ingram and his expanded role. And I guess the one complication with Ingram is the Calvin Ridley effect on the offense. Is that going to take away from him? We're not really going to get that answer now. Well, mm-hmm. probably we won't get that answer really until September. Uh, but then Dalton Schultz, the way he's become kind of, indispensable as a target recently do the cowboys have no choice but to sign him to that long-term contract or is he still just walking to free agency and every game he gets right now is just going to help that that purse a little bit later so uh, schultz might be the most interesting dynamic in terms of a tight end to watch in terms of how his dynasty value is going to go based on what team he ends up on next year which again we're not going to know that right now but curious to see how if, if you know if he leads the Cowboys and targets again. And like in the playoffs, it's kind of getting harder and harder to not re-sign him if you're, if you're the Cowboys. And then yeah, the, the thing I will say on, on those is, you know, you got Ingram and you've got Schultz and then uh, Hayden Hurst for, yeah, for Cincinnati. The, all three of those are free agents after this year. Oh, wow. Coming so, off rookie contracts. Yeah. Coming or, off. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, well, Dalton franchise Schultz was Schultz, franchised, yeah. right? Uh, so, um, yeah, they're all free agents after this year. Um, so that's going to be guess, interesting yeah, too. Hurst is to, on a second contract with the Bengals. Right. So I think they're all like 28, but you, you 28 ish, somewhere in that range, 26 to 28. Um, that's going to be interesting. I, I hadn't even thought about that. Right. But yeah, Ingram's you, a free agent too, right? Yeah. It was just yeah. a one year contract. Yep. But that's almost looking deal. like it's the, you know, the bigger role he has in the offense, like the Jags are going to have no choice, but they're to, almost going to have no choice, but the re-signing, I think. Yeah. Even if, even they don't if have to they spend can... on a quarterback, it seems like they're going to spend pretty minimal, even on the backup quarterback position. Mm-hmm. So, and then so yeah, I think the, the thing with them, uh, with the underdog tight ends, like you brought up the, the landing spots, re-signings or like Schultz, where is Schultz going to end up next year? Because it almost seems like Dallas really could just go move on. Pretty easily, you know, with Hendershot or uh, uh, Ferguson. Uh, sorry, Brian, what was you fixing to say? Did Brian? we lose Brian there? No, oh, we, we did. Have. All right. Well, that's all right, because that ends it right there anyway. Oh, he is back. There he is. Brian, was you fixing to say something there? Yeah, I was going to say that the other thing is interesting is, is if Schultz re-signs, are the Cowboys actually going to make an effort to get another receiver besides T.Y. Hilton? I'm a, I'm assuming they got to make some kind of move. Gallup is signed long-term. Yeah, maybe maybe it's actually their move comes in the draft. It's, That's what I'm thinking, yeah. Save money and get the cheap rookie contract. Knowing I that they don't want to necessarily bring headed. someone in if they're going to have to pay Lamb in a couple of years too, right? Like they bring someone in it's maybe a one one year very, contract kind yeah, of that, and that's very very possible cuz they they don't have from what i understand they don't have a ton on the books you know a ton of money open uh they're 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 pretty strapped for cap um, yeah, that so Z contract well also pay Dak what you're paying him but that's the quarterback market but yeah that Z contract still come back to haunt them yep and, and I, he's got a lot of dead money too even if they cut him it's a lot of dead money but Fellas, another great show in the books. That was fun. Kyle, thank you so much for for jumping on with us. I know we're going to, hopefully we're going to have you all off season, right? Yeah, should be. Yeah. Awesome. 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 So let's, let's, uh let's jump over and, and let everybody know what's going on, what you have going on this off season, where they can find you at, 
Brian, where can they find you? What you got going this offseason? You can always find me at Vandegrad92. I'm uh, in the process of kicking back a couple of podcast ideas. Um, during the summer, along with going for two, I was with for frequency sake. I, I did a couple of podcasts per week with them. So we're looking at uh, possibly a baseball podcast and or possibly like a news-breaking NFL podcast. We don't have anything definitive, but uh, definitely I'll continue to be here on the gamut, and I'm sure my roles will continue to expand. Awesome. Awesome. Kyle, what you got going on this uh, offseason? Where can the people find you? So I've got my the other podcast outside of Going for Two, Full Press Fantasy Pod. Uh, We've already recorded two episodes this year, uh, this new year uh, for the playoffs. So we'll continue to, you know, run weekly throughout the NFL playoffs and uh, probably, honestly, probably throughout the entire offseason there. Maybe an occasional week off or so, but uh, yeah, going strong on that with my uh, co-host Brad Harvin. So uh, yeah, really looking forward to continuing on the Full Press Fantasy Pod at FPC underscore Fantasy Pod if you want to follow the account. You can also follow me at Senra Says. And starting February 20th, uh, the uh, well, actually technically starting February 13th, the Monday night shows for the for going for two will kick back off again so literally the day after the super bowl gladys will have uh the t- season premiere of the two-point conversion off-season version and then i'll alternate weeks so then that next week february 20th will be the uh season three premiere of press coverage where i uh, interview some uh, people from the fantasy industry one-on-one so uh looking forward to that again and as well as all off-season on the dynasty gamut Right on, right on. And I believe that same week, uh, the 16th, I believe it is, is when the, so the, the 9th, we're going to run through February 9th on Thursday nights here on the Gambit. Then we will actually, the 16th, we will be off and we will rotate every other week because Gladys is also going to be running a show on Thursday nights. So you'll have us on one Thursday and you'll have Gladys and you'll have us and you'll have Gladys. So it's, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to share the Thursday night uh, window with our favorite discorder she loves it i know she does at least that's what dan says so if dan says it it must be true right yeah justice pickums <laughs> trust that's trust right. it or you can you'll find me over at fantasy j 77 on twitter you can find me in the in the free discord i don't like paying for discord so i always just join the free ones and, and that's why i'm in and going for two because it's free it's free it's free it's free it's for me so i jump into there uh, you can find me over there. You can at me there. You can at me at the at the. Uh, I don't know what that just did. Uh, you can at me at uh, on on uh, whatever that blue Twitter thing is. That that yeah, Twitter. You can you can at me there as well. DM me. DMs are open. And it was fun. Got a lot of got a lot of information out of you. We we picked. Sinra says we picked his brain, little dynasty brain right there. I loved it, guys. We'll see you next week. For Kyle, for Brian. I'm Gator. We are out.